Well, I'm joined in studio by two of the uh, young superstar rabbis in this country. I don't know if they agree with me, but I tell it like it is sometimes. I don't know if my Glasser would say, you know, young? Am I still in that category? You'd agree that you're still a young superstar, right? Of course I'm young. <laughs> I'm young. <laughs> yeah, if I say I'm young, you can certainly say you're young. It's as simple as that. Rabbi Yaakov Glasser is Associate Dean of CJF, the Center for the Jewish Future at Yeshiva University, and Dean of Uni- Associate Dean of University Life as well. Congratulations on your new position, and welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, Nachum. It is great to be back. I appreciate that. I missed our uh, annual conversation regarding bungee jumping on Pesach, but all right, you know, maybe sometime in the future. Who knows? That's right. I'm <laughs> I'm trying to get YU to get into the amusement park business. Really? We'll see. We'll see what happens. You want to see them? There are tickets. so many academic <laughs> possibilities. You know, we have to a lot you could learn in that amusement park <laughs> experience. Huh? Absolutely. Rabbi, little by little. Rabbi Ari Sittner is here. <laughs> Director of Community Initiatives at the Center for the Jewish Future. A pleasure to welcome you here as well. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Another uh, a wonderful young superstar rabbi uh, here at JM and the AM. And we are joined, assuming this is him via telephone, we're joined by Rob Shore, who's director of YU Torah and directs marketing and communications for the Center for the Jewish Future. Rob, are you there? Good morning, Nachum. Thanks for having us. Pleasure, a pleasure to speak with you, and welcome to JM and the AM. So we have an amazing team here this morning. We'll start with Rabbi Glasser, whose uh, appointment to the Center for the Jewish Future took place in February, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And um, tell me your thoughts as you went uh, uh, up to Yeshiva University and were offered this position at what is called the Center for the Jewish Future. It's my pleasure. Nachum, you know, I spent the last 15 years devoted to inspiring Jewish youth across the spectrum of affiliation from public school kids to yeshiva kids. But it was always a dream to find a way to bring that passion and that enthusiasm and that opportunity to see the magic and the passion for Yiddishkeit uh, broader than just the teen population into the Jewish community at large. And so when Rabbi Brander approached me, and uh, suggested the opportunity to get involved in the leadership of the Center for the Jewish Future, it was really an extraordinary opportunity that I couldn't pass up. Certainly a a challenge to transition from something I've been part of for so long. But the truth is, it's really an extension of what uh, I feel that I've devoted my life to, which is trying to get out into the Jewish community and inspire people to see how Yiddishkeit can become such a meaningful and core part of your life experience that the substance of Torah and the experience of Torah uh, really is at the core of what makes us who we are. And, you know, I spent 10 years at Yeshiva University as a student. Um, I have a number of degrees. My family is uh, YU through and through. In fact, I'll share with you, Nachum, you know, my parents, uh, after their own attendance at Yeshiva University, they were the dorm parents at Stern College. And while they were living in Brookdale Hall, they had a baby, and that baby was me, How as we say like in that? NCS1. <laughs> and uh, for the first two and a half years of my life, I lived in Brookdale Hall at Stern College. Holy cow! Scandal and alert! so literally, <laughs> I was born into the world of Yeshiva University, and it's always been... Um, at the forefront of our family's life. I and tried I, to get into Brookdale for months. It never yeah, happened. Nachum, you got to know. You got to have connections. You got to have prenatal connections, Nachum, if you want to. If you want to get in over there. When we would go to so, Brookdale, they say to the right, don't dare go to the left. That's right. That's right. That's right. The lounge is one thing, but you're not going to the elevators. That's right. So you know, between between my family and between my own experiences and all of my siblings, uh, the chance to come back to YU, you know, YU is really such an extraordinary 
extraordinary place. What President Joel has built, uh, certainly in the last number of years, through his vision and through the transformation that's occurred there, uh, there's just no question that it is the ideological and spiritual center of the modern Orthodox community. And to be able to really take the resources of YU and all of the concentration of talent and capacity and people's sense of responsibility for the world at large and for the Jewish community at large and play a role in bringing that out to the larger Jewish people, uh, that was just an, an extraordinary opportunity. To achieve the end that you described, you therefore spend a great deal of time with students and on campus, with students off campus, without students in other places off campus? What is your traditional method of trying to accomplish what you described? The answer to that question, Nachum, is yes. All of them. Um, the answer is yes. To build a stronger Jewish community, we need strong Jewish leaders. And that involves uh, servicing and helping the leaders that are out there in the field now to grow. And so we're involved in a broad spectrum of programs that service Rabbanim in the communities, that service Rebetzins in the communities, uh, some of the work that Rabbi Sittner's been doing with developing lay leaders in the communities. Uh, but most importantly, at Yeshiva University is the most vibrant and passionate group of future Jewish leaders of tomorrow, and that are the students of YU and Stern, who many are actually... Of, many of whom are graduating that's today. That's right, right, celebrating 600, I believe, are graduating right. uh, YU today, which is extremely exciting. And there are an array of programs and opportunities. Uh, many of them are going out uh, this Shavuos to join communities across North America to teach Torah and to bring uh, the world of passion and enthusiasm for Jewish life of Yeshiva University to communities all over. Um, on Sunday, I'm going to be with, uh, together with Eliza Abrams leading a group of students to Germany for a week. Uh, to connect to parts of our heritage. You're going to spend Yom Yerushalayim uh, in Germany? We're going to be in Germany. Wow. And uh, it's going to be an, an amazing and deep and incredible opportunity. How many students are on that journey? About, uh, I think about 17 are wow. coming with us. And uh, we're going to be able, we're going to be in Berlin for most of the week, and then we'll be in Leipzig for Shabbos and coming back right before Shavuos, uh, which Rebbets and Glasser is very excited about. <laughs> right in time for the shul. So is the young Israel. They're That's happy right, the as young well. Israel, a tired uh, but <laughs> enthusiastic rabbi with lots of stories. So, uh, but there's so many opportunities um, in terms of developing. Uh, the student leaders, the trips, the experiences. You know, it, it's we give funny them. because as, when Rabbi Brander's here and and we discuss uh, CJF, so much about it are these journeys around the world, and I'm not minimizing them. They're they're unbelievable, and the just Shavuos is an example. Uh, you probably have I don't know what the exact number is, but probably a hundred or two hundred, maybe even more students who gather to find out where they're going for Shavuos with incredible enthusiasm. And, you know, everyone's wondering what, where, what community they'll see this time around. All of it's amazing. But, but I don't want, you know, often it gets stereotyped like that. Like it's journeys around the world. And it's, you know, concentrating on underprivileged kids in Israel and different things that happen during the summer. And we spoke about Germany. We spoke about Russia, all these places. Are there other components we need to know about? Or is that the centerpiece of what CJF is doing? CJF is look. It's certainly a uh, it's certainly a um, a prime component of the type of transformative work for the students themselves right. because when they go on a journey like that and they matter and they are able to really change the life of a underprivileged Israeli teen or somebody in one of these four off communities or even the energy you're talking about. I was in the room when the students found Isn't out where the they're going for Shavuos, <laughs> and you know what? You're taking a group of people. 
and you are empowering them to teach Torah, to play a leadership role, whether these individuals end up in Chinuch or Rabbanus, or they end up as Balabatim and Shul presidents in these communities, you are empowering them to recognize that they have the capacity to make a difference, to teach, to move people, to inspire people, to motivate people. Right. The kid going to Oklahoma City for Shavuos is going to be the Balabas running your Shavuos night program five years from now. Correct. Simple and that's that. what we need in our community. Of course. We need leaders who recognize that awakening the sense of spirit and the sense of of responsibility, especially in a generation that is growing up with a lot of resources in some respects right. and somewhat of a sense of entitlement, to recognize that we have that responsibility to step forward, I think, is is a large part of it. And the and aside from the trips, the seminars, the the meetings, the special conferences that you described earlier, whether it's rabbis, lay leaders, Correct. presidents of shuls, rebbitzins, etc. Your work must be endless. It's, I mean, the, the, the it's extraordinary. And every one of more these, to do. every one of these programs, you know, when when Rabbi Sittner gathers a group of lay leaders from across the country and does training with them in fundraising and strategic planning and visioning, he then becomes their rebbe, their mentor in how to address communal issues. And we will receive, you know, all sorts of questions and and you know, search for strategy. And the truth is, every day I walk into work, and one of the most exciting aspects and. And this really is a credit to what Rabbi Brander has built as the CJF being the address for communities that are seeking to grow and seeking to expand and even just seeking to, to introspect in terms of what their capacity is. The, the phone will ring and you'll never know where the call is coming from. You know, just this in the past 48 hours, it was Denver. It was Memphis. We want to start a Colel. We want to start an, an after school learning program. What kind of resources can YU bring us? Are there students? Are there faculty? Are there Rashi Yeshiva? Are there Rabbeim? other materials that you could provide. It's really become, you know, a institution that is able to service so many layers and so many dimensions of Jewish life in terms of its creativity and in terms of its innovation. And, you know, the word that Rabbi Brandy uses a lot is incubation, right. uh, the ability to take an idea and, and allow it the freedom to fail and the freedom to succeed. And as a result, you have things that have really been deployed throughout the Jewish community that never would have seen the light of day. I mean, the notion that you focus on the rebbitzins of our community as a constituency of leaders who play such a fundamental role in the fabric of our communities, and you gather them together under the leadership of Meira Davis, um, who's an extraordinary, creative, and unbelievable nurturing mentor and, and leader, and you gather them together for a few days to focus on the issues that they deal with, to give them a sense of chizuk and a sense of inspiration for the work that they do, and to allow them a voice uh, for the elements of the community that they're engaging, that are unique, uh, to be able to tackle those issues, to be able to engage our Russia Yeshiva, to be able to engage Rabbi Shachter, David Pelkovitz, Dr. Pelkovitz, and these leaders, President Joel, Rabbi Brander, these individuals that are able to provide for them guidance and direction. It, it's just, it's extraordinary. Rabbi Yaakov Glasser is here, Rabbi Sittner is here as well, and we'll get to uh, Rob Shore, who's with us via, via telephone in just a couple of minutes. Rabbi Ari Sittner is Director of Community Initiatives up at CJF. So you're essentially reaching out to lay leaders around this country uh, who are looking for direction to do what they need to do best, which is fundraise, which is lead their congregations, I guess, right, their communities Correct. and congregations. I mean, that's a, I mean, not, 
it, it must be difficult to achieve your status as an expert in this area, right? <laughs> you learn a lot in the trenches. Uh, you know, for me, my byline is, you know, how did a boy from Muncie end up in Des Moines, Iowa, and then Charleston, Were South Carolina? Were you in Des Moines? Five years in Des Moines. Holy Absolutely cow. Absolutely. And so. then Charleston? Eight years in Charleston. Were you married at the time? Absolutely. I have two children that are Iowans, two that are South Carolinians. How'd the family adjust to all that? It was an incredible adjustment. It was wonderful because you get to step out of what the expectation is living in the tri-state area and get to think for yourself freely um, and develop your own family values based on what we believe, what our Masora is. Um, and I think my children are stronger because of it. Their, uh, their own identity, their belief system, um, and it really has, has given them a very strong core. If I went to Des Moines, what would I find? Would I find any uh, Shomer Shabbos families out there? You'd find a kosher deli. There's a kosher deli in Des Moines? There is a small Jewish Solves day school. Solves that problem if I'm in Iowa overnight. And, uh, and a wonderful <laughs> shul with a very nice history there's and a, a wonderful rabbi. There is. There and is. Charleston? Charleston as well. We've got great shuls, uh, great community. Is there a day school? There is a day school. They're in the process now of starting a, a brand new uh, capital campaign for a new building. Um, and solid, 150 or so students uh, up to eighth grade. See, uh, I would think the role of lay leader in communities like that in some ways might be easier. If one's trying to fundraise in communities like that where there's only one institution essentially that's central to Jewish education, it might be easier to approach people and explain that, you know, this is it, this is what we need to support, etc. Am I totally off thinking that? I think the biggest challenge in those communities is that much of the burden falls on a few shoulders. And from a, a lay leadership perspective, those few people are the ones who are getting the calls all day, That's all night. True. And the same people who are donating to support everything. are expected to support everything. Absolutely. So you advise people on how to expand that base. Correct. And so, for instance, for fundraising, we look at how to run small programs, um, ongoing annual programs, as well as major gift fundraising, bequests, endowments, things that can help with sustainability right. for the long-term future of the organizations. May I ask which communities you've worked with recently, or that would be information we No, can't... absolutely. We're very proud of our, our cohort. We just graduated a group in the Community Leadership Initiative. What which do you mean a, graduated a group? So we had a, a cohort of, uh, of 15 people. That <laughs> a we, ceremony? We, we do. We gave them uh, little uh, diplomas, little certificates. You're serious? Uh, we are. And we, uh, we had people from Columbus, Cleveland, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Des Moines, Kansas City, Chicago, Denver, just a wonderful group. We focused on the Midwest, right. and we're sort of looking at the country region by region, and we reached out to the organizations and said, why don't you partner with us? We'll bring some of the great resources and talent that Yeshiva University, as an educational institution, can provide from some of our great faculty and staff, and you'll provide some of the up-and-coming lay leaders. Not the ones who have been president for 10 years, but the ones who are looking to be. Maybe they're right. successful in their professional careers. Or those who are not looking to be, but we're trying to encourage them to take exactly. on the role. They have the ability. They just need a little bit of nurturing. Right. Fan those, those flames a little bit, and we can hopefully ignite a very strong lay leader. So right now, if there's somebody listening in one of these communities with fledgling schools and Shuls and wondering if they can have any future stability, sustainability, etc. You're the place to call. As Rabbi Glasser said, we get calls day and night from people, and we're only too happy to reach out to listen to, explore together what we can do to help strengthen the communities. Are you going to look at other specific regions, or that was an exception where you were concentrating on the Midwest? We're we're looking to get to anywhere that we can reach with warm weather. <laughs> I see you think like I do, Rabbi Glasser. Well, we have to be inclusive in terms of the broader Jewish community. Understood. Uh, Rabbi Yaakov Glasser, Rabbi Ari Sittner are here talking about the Center for the Jewish Future. And it's so, so it's not just fundraising. When you get a degree in what you just described, 
and when you graduate, aside from the fundraising element, which we know is one of the most important things in the Jewish world, there are other skills, I assume, that you try to teach or try to guide people into. Correct. And I think one of the, one of the issues uh, that people face often are struggles in their personal life. Uh, when a person is on the board and they've got meetings every other right. night of the week and they, their family starts to suffer, eventually they're going to burn out. Right. How do we proactively prevent that by teaching them skills and strategies to be successful in their personal, their work, and their communal lives, um, as well as uh, issues of dealing with community politics, which from what I understand, there may exist some in the Jewish community. Really? So Never uh, heard that we want to teach people how to um, how to deal with them in a way that they can handle it and, and really be menschlich and bring a, a very um, comfortable, calm environment to board meetings and to community politics. You know, if you go back to the genesis of multiple Jewish communities in this country, in a lot of cases, it was one family who really handled the entire... I mean, there are certain Jewish communities who are known by a family name. Like, that is, you know, you know that if you're here, you know, it, it's the legacy of whatever family it might be, and, and that can't be anymore. I mean, at that point, it was smaller, it was developing. Obviously, this country's Jewish community in general was much smaller, but now we've just got to expand the base. We have to expand the... The, the workload has got to be uh, distributed better. Correct. What a blessing and a challenge to have one person who's going right. to take on the entire load, but everyone else falls by the wayside. And in today's environment, we have a situation where everyone has to step up and do their fair share, help out, contribute, whether it's of their finances or their time, their resources. Um, and everyone is a stakeholder in the community. And that's what we try to convey, that it's not up to the rabbi, it's not up to the board. Everyone has a stake and, and an investment in helping build the future of their yeah, community. Yeah, we keep learning the lessons and hear that uh, people are, are, are listening from so many remote areas of this country. What's the best way for them to reach you or anybody in the CJF on this specific topic? Sitner at yu.edu, S-Y-T-N-E-R. Shoot me an email. Happy to set up a meeting with anyone. Simple as that. All right, Rabbi Yaakov Glasser and Rabbi Ari Sittner are here. And with us live via telephone is Rob Shore, who's the uh, Marketing Communications Director for CJF and directs YU Torah and YU Torah. As we get closer and closer to Shavuos, and Torah really becomes the spotlight of our conversation, is one of the most amazing Jewish educational resources in the world. Rob, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, describe to our audience what YU Torah is. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, you could say it's a uh, large online library of shiurim uh, that we have uh, available from YU, from locations outside of YU, uh, from our uh, partners that give us uh, their content. Uh, it's a, it's an online learning tool that you can really use to just learn about anything if you have if you're uh, if you're interested in uh, uh, any topic in, in Jewish thought, halacha. Parsha, it's just limitless. How many lectures would you say YU Torah houses right now? Uh, we're actually hoping to cross the 90,000 mark sometime this week. That is unbelievable. And how many personalities would be among those 90,000? Uh, it's about 1,500 speakers, and that's also a dynamic number. It keeps uh, growing. Baruch Hashem, we have uh, a lot of interest in our site, both from users and from uh, speakers. And as, uh, as uh, the calendar goes, people could sort those lectures and shiurim, uh, you know, based on the topic that they're looking for, correct? That's right. We, we try to make it as easy as possible to find what you're looking for. It's a, it's a large library, and we, we, we know the challenge, so that's what we constantly try to improve the site with. Are daily yeshiva shiurim available at YU Torah? Uh, yes. For the most part, uh, we have uh, most of the shiurim that are given at YU on a regular basis. 
um, along with Marmacomos. Anyone can listen along as if they were sitting in the chair themselves. It's the uh, next best thing to being there. Now, can I ask a question? When I sat in Shear, there were a collection of cassette players on every Rebbe's desk. <laughs> That's how it worked. Can, do, do I assume now that these are MP3 players that then get delivered to your New York office, or is it a much more sophisticated system that gets these lectures and Shearim recorded? <laughs> You'd be surprised. It's, it's pretty simple. Um, it is just you, uh, MP3 players instead of uh, tape recorders, uh, but we do have a, a large group of volunteers that upload Shearim for us uh, on a daily basis. Um, similar to what you remember in your, from your days in Shear, people sitting in the Shear recording and, and uploading um, for the rest of the world to hear. Unbelievable. And probably on an, at an instant, I would assume, right? The second the Shear is over, you guys basically have it already. Uh, as quickly as possible, sure. Unbelievable. Rob Shore is with us, speaking to us from Israel, directs YU Torah. Is it fair to ask the most downloaded Shear of the 90,000? Is that a fair question? <laughs> We, we try to, every one of our sherm is a diamond. We try not to uh, play favorites. <laughs> so, see, Rob's been through the political training of <laughs> Rabbi <laughs> Sidner. <laughs> so, so, if I were to ask you who the most uh, downloaded personality is, the, the, the Rebbe, the teacher who gets the most attention from, your, uh, from the people who log on, you would not answer that either. Uh, well, the truth is that's kind of also a, a changing question. It goes from month to month, so it, it's not a real easy question to answer. Really? It's like a Remy of the Month. I like that. <laughs> the people have spoken, and they have a, they have diverse opinions about who should be the most popular. As we lead up to Shavuot, is, is this an even more timely conversation because the big holiday of Shavuot is coming up? Is there anything special that YU Torah is doing, or you're operating like any other week? Uh, well, you know, we always try to feature shirim that are relevant to the time. Uh, we have our annual uh, uh, Anne and Rose, uh, Benjamin and Roseberger uh, tour to go, which we have for every holiday. is now coming out for Shavuos. I love those. Should be out the next week. I love those. Um, and uh, besides from that, we try to you know uh, feature and, and showcase as much Shavuos tour as possible. But uh, the Y tour is really a 365 day year operation. It's uh, every day people are coming and learning, uh, you know, for what they're looking for. It really is unbelievable. Is there anything you'd like to accomplish with it that hasn't been done yet? Um, it's just you know continuing the trend of of where the entire internet is going. You know, the internet is, is giving people what they want when they want. Uh, and that's what we're trying to constantly improve and, and, and do uh, better and better. Give people the, the Torah they want, the shear they're looking for, the, uh, the content that they would be most excited about, uh, and to really make it as uh, personalized and as effective as possible. Is there a YU Torah email list that people could sign up uh, so they get your, your regular emails? Uh, sure. There, if you go to the website, we have a uh, sign-in box right on the uh, front page. And uh, we do have a weekly newsletter that goes out, and uh, it's, it's a wonderful resource. Recommended Shirim, timely, stu- timely Shirim, very highly recommended. Well, will there, that, uh, will there be Yom Yerushalayim Shirim available? Of course. We have, uh, that will be featured as well. Uh, there's really, from A to Z, there's nothing you can't find on Y.E. Torah. Unbelievable. No, it's, there. it's yes, you know, it's amazing. When, when we were at Y.U., <laughs> it's like Y.U. is the largest and greatest concentration of Torah talent in the world. There's no question. And it used to be that that was really reserved for the privileged people who were able to sit in these shiurim right. and experience 
Rav Schechter, Rav Willig, Rav Sobolovsky, all Or these if you made shiurim. a major effort to get a hold of a recording. Exactly. You got a tape of a right. tape of a friend. And, and you're begging people to mail it to you. And what YU Torah has done is it has taken this cadre of talent, and, and they belong to the world now. And no matter where you are, you can wake up in the morning and be sitting in Rav Schechter Shear or Rav Willig Shear or any one of these 1,500 uh, speakers, and it has completely transformed Torah learning for the Jewish community, and people know that the shiurim and Wayu Torah are substantive, they're articulate, they're eloquent, they're relevant. They know that whenever there's an issue going on in the Jewish community, you turn to Wayu Torah and there are going to be shiurim featured, you know, that, that relate to those themes, that relate to those different topics. You would think that 90,000 shiurim, by the way, are managed by a team of like 20, 25 right. staff members. At and least. the truth is you're talking to all of them right now on the phone. Rob is the one. Rob is the man, just like JM and the AM is managed <laughs> by 20, 30 uh, staff members. You know, it's, um, it's, it's an extraordinary accomplishment. And I think that there are a lot of directions uh, that, you know, with, uh, with Rob's leadership that we are going to head in, um, in terms of expanding the reach of YU Torah, uh, to m- people of different levels of learning mm. uh, so that uh, it could be accessed by people with less background, um, material that could appeal to teenagers, people from different age groups, uh, how to sort through and be able to personalize the system. And uh, really one of the most exciting things that we're working on uh, really involves a partnership between Rob and Rabbi Sittner, uh, which has to do with our Shavuos Empowered Learning Program. Uh, which I really should turn to Rabbi Sittner to describe, because this is really a, you know, one of the advantages of working in a university uh, together with a yeshiva is you have the Torah content and the Torah substance and the spirituality of the yeshiva, and then you have such an extraordinary faculty of researchers and experts on so many aspects of um, different topics, in particular of education. Uh, and when you combine those two worlds, you can take something that is really substantive and innovative and take Talmud Torah and Wayu Torah in a, in, a, in, a, uh, in a really new and exciting direction. Rabbi Sidner, you uh, want so to describe we'll turn it over to Rabbi Sidner. Two years ago, Rabbi Brander came to me and presented a challenge and said, Wayu Torah is unbelievable. It's this incredible ocean that you can just spend your life swimming in, full of shiurim and Torah, <laughs> How do we now take it to the next level? And so I had an incredible number of meetings with Rabbi Rob Shore, and we talked about how we can broaden our reach and how we can find new ways to reach people. So after two years of research, what we developed is something that we've just launched less than two weeks ago called Empowered Learning, which you got to do the little hashtag, hashtag Empowered Learning. And the notion of Empowered Learning is instead of just capturing content as we've been doing, let's start producing content in a way that's tailored directly to create a certain experience for the user. So for instance, the questions that some of our Russia yeshiva and scholars and faculty can pose rooted in Jewish text are mind-blowing. And we wanted to take just those questions, just that experience, and let's boil that down to a 10-minute video mm. and not give the answer. So that anyone that watches that video just sits back and says, oh, my goodness, that was an incredible presentation. Do people get a chance to... And uh, then what happens next after they watch that video is we give them Makorot in Hebrew and English so that they can study the sources, explore on their own, and then an online discussion forum. And in the last two weeks, people have started watching the videos, reading the sources, and chatting with each other, together with the presenters... And then the following week, we released the answer of the presenter, followed by a new one. So we had Rabbi J.J. Schachter debut this, followed by Professor Smadar Rosenzweig. And next week, we have Rabbi Moshe Tzvi Weinberg. 
And in the last two weeks since we've launched, we've reached 37 countries worldwide and have over 800 people that have subscribed and participated in this program. Unbelievable. So it's a, a tremendous interaction, encourages people to study on their own, right? Not just watch the video. Exactly. But we want people to feel empowered, not right. that it's a passive experience, which has merit. In today's of distracted course. world of right. multitasking, it's great that I can drive carpool right. while listening to a sheer, right. but to create a new type of experience where you're just able to immerse yourself and be empowered to think instead of being given the answer, what do I think? How do I put myself in the center of the experience to, to discover thoughts as part of this Masora that a great Rosh Hashiva scholar is handing down to me? Rabbi Rob Shore, is this something that people could find when they go to the homepage of the site? Uh, sure. There's a very large banner on the front page as well. Very easy to click on. And that's it. And they can watch the video. Yeah, very seamless, really uh, as easy as possible. Are you amazed by the number of people who have done so already? Uh, it is amazing. I mean, people really are thirsting for Torah, and they uh, are looking for, for const to constantly grow, uh, and we are privileged to be able to be able to provide that. It's, uh, it's a really great thing for us to be doing. So on this almost era of Shavuos, you call it empowered learning. Correct. And people can check it out. YUTorah.org has all the information, Correct. and you're encouraging people to get involved in this new step of uh, online education. It's, it's really incredible. And we've got an amazing team working with Aliza and Michael and, and Matt and just amazing people that are all collaborating. In a university setting, we have access to such great people that can all work from an educational perspective to figure out how to tailor the material and the experience to, to maximize it so that everyone can benefit most from it. Once it's online, um, it's, it's out there for the user. Everyone's jumping in, and the, there's sort of that Twitter element. The hashtag right. is there to encourage <laughs> an online conversation. We want it to be based in this virtual community of learners. I, I, there's so many more important things going on on Twitter, aren't there? I mean, you know, no, nah, I'm just kidding, of course. What would be more important than Torah study? Um, all right, Rabbi Rob Shore, I thank you very much. I look forward, by the way, to the Shavuos to go. That's something that I will find in the email, right? I'll find the link to that in the email. Sure, of course. Right, so we look we forward to that. We'll definitely make sure you see it. Kalakavod to you, and thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, Rabbi Glasser, Rabbi Sittner, they're up at the Center for the Jewish Future, Yeshiva University. Uh, if you're a community or representative of a community around this country that wants to get involved in a program that could help in terms of the uh, stability and sustainability of your own community, as was described earlier, you could uh, simply write an email to Rabbi Sittner. It's S-Y-T. N-E-R at Y-U.edu, correct? Correct. That'll be the best way. And uh, Rabbi Glasser, of course, we congratulate on his new position as Associate Dean up at CJF and uh, enjoy Germany. I'm sure it'll be a remarkable experience. You've been there before, right? I have not. You had never been there before? I have never been to Germany. This will be your first visit. This will be my first visit, so it's going to be uh, an extraordinary experience to do oh. that along with the students. I'm very... Uh, yeah, that'd be amazing. And uh, a quick update, because I'm sure that we have so many listeners in, in the area of Passaic Clifton. Uh, a quick one-minute update on the Young Israel of Passaic Clifton. Oh, the Young Israel of Passaic Clifton is rocking. Our shul dinner is coming up in a few weeks. The Garaks, the Rothbergers, uh, great honorees. Our foundation is done. Well, that's what people want to know about the building, That's right. right. The building is, uh, the foundation is completely in place. I mean, could it and, start uh, really accelerating this summer? Absolutely, absolutely. We, you know, the winter was not simple, right. but, um, but the foundation is done, and uh, please God, the steel will be going up soon. And the congregation still gathers, it correct? It still gathers, and it still grows, Nachum. We get new members every Even single week. Even in a week. temporary location? Even in a temporary location. How do you explain that, Rabbi Glasser? <sighs> it's the Rebbe. <laughs> is that what Let's it is? Let's be honest. <laughs> She's amazing, that lady. <laughs>
All right, so there you have it. Young Israel Passaic Clifton continues to grow, and we mean literally as the building <laughs> continues to grow and the congregation, thank God, continues to grow. Uh, enjoy the trip, and happy Shavuos to you, and uh, congratulations. Hope to see you up at the uh, Yeshiva University campus one of these days. Thank you, Nachum, and I look forward to keeping in touch. I appreciate that. Rabbi Sittner, great seeing you. Thank Our you, best to everybody in Des Moines and Charleston when you... Uh, when you speak to them, and uh, and welcome to New York, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, a very comprehensive Jewish area up here. Have you noticed that in your company? I noticed they have a few more kosher restaurants. <laughs> I can imagine. So you didn't answer my question. Des Moines has the deli. What about Charleston? Anywhere to eat or not? There are a couple of, of places, not restaurants at the moment, but there are a couple little dessert-type yeah. places. You can get your cookies and ice cream and Krispy Kreme donuts. If I'm desperate, I will find something in Charleston. You will find something. And there's, there's Southern hospitality, so they'll always take good care of you. Thank goodness. Thank you very much for joining us. 19 minutes before 9 o'clock. We're in hour number three on a JM in the AM Thursday at 91.1 FM. 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. And in Des Moines and Charleston, jmintheam.org.